This is Adam Hulse. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of my podcast where I'm going to be talking about the UFC. We have some big fights that are scheduled now and in the books. We'll be talking about some of those fights, some of the main events coming up, as well as some of the other big ones. And then we'll talk about what these fights and the results are going to mean moving forward for not only the fighters involved, but some of the other fighters that are kind of waiting on deck to see what happens here. So yeah, just a little bit of a breakdown of the current UFC situation, the fights that are coming up, and then what the future of UFC could look like after this round of main events to finish out this calendar year. So we're going to try to stay in chronological order here. At least we will stay in chronological order for the fights that are already booked, the ones that are coming up. Some of the other potential matchups and whatnot, we could jump around a little bit. So with that, we will start with one of the most anticipated fights, a really big one coming up this weekend on Saturday, August 15th. And that is, of course, Daniel Cormier against Stipe Miocic. It is going to to be round three for these two fighters after each winning one apiece. This looks like it very well could be the last fight of Daniel Cormier's legendary career. It seemed as though he may have wanted that last fight against Stipe to be his last one, but unfortunately for him, he lost that fight. So after being 1-1, he definitely wants to get this rubber match in and see who's really the greatest heavyweight of all time, to be honest, between Cormier and Miocic. Because I believe the winner of this rubber match will be exactly that, the greatest heavyweight of all time in the sport of UFC. And I'm sure that's just a little bit of extra added motivation for DC. He's over 40 years old now. He's almost definitely going to retire after this fight. That would be a great way for DC to go out with a win in the rubber match against Stipe. Now let's talk a little bit about how those first two fights played out. The first time these two met, Cormier scored a first round knockout. He took out Stipe fairly quickly and then in the second fight Stipe won by fourth round knockout so they did both knock each other out both fights were a little bit of a different scenario as I mentioned DC scored a first round knockout against Stipe in the first fight and then in that second fight Cormier very well may have won all three of the first three rounds of that fight he definitely won the first rounds and he probably won the second and third as well so going into that fourth round Cormier was in really good control control of the fight. Stipe made a good adjustment though going into that fourth round. He started adding a left hook to the body, which he hadn't done in the first three rounds. That put Cormier off his game a little bit. It looked like those strikes were hurting him going to the body on the left-hand side for Stipe. And it gave Cormier, of course, something else to think about going through. And ultimately, that adjustment is what led to Stipe scoring a knockout in the fourth round and beating Cormier after Cormier was in control for almost the entire fight to that point. Now, Cormier is a very, very smart fighter, uh, one of the smartest fighters that we've ever seen. He's definitely going to make the necessary adjustments moving forward. We'll see if at 40 plus years old, he still has it and the adjustments are enough to still get to Stipe. But with all of these factors considered with Cormier's intelligence, his amount of time he has to make these adjustments, the fact that he scored a first round knockout in the first fight, the fact that he controlled the first three rounds of the second second fight and the added motivation that this will in all likelihood be his last fight ever. I do think that Daniel Cormier will come away with a win in this third fight between him and Stipe and Cormier.
Cormier will retire the heavyweight champion and in my opinion the greatest heavyweight to ever step foot in the octagon. So now what does that mean for the heavyweight division? Dana White has already said that Francis Ngannou is definitely next in line for a heavyweight title shot and if Stipe happens to win this fight against Cormier I think that's a pretty easy book for UFC. I think it would be Stipe Miocic against Francis Ngannou in the next heavyweight title bout but if Cormier wins this fight like I think he will that leaves it a little bit more interesting because Cormier would then retire with the heavyweight title making the heavyweight title vacant and not as clear of an opponent for Ngannou in his next fight for that belt you could very justifiably make that fight between Stipe and Ngannou whether Stipe wins this one or not I think that would be fair for both sides or the other option for that vacant belt would be to finally see the anticipated fight that's fallen through a couple times now between Francis Ngannou and John Jones. It has fallen through for money reasons a couple times now. Dana White claiming that John Jones is asking for way too much money. But if there is a vacant heavyweight title and they can come to an agreement on contracts with Ngannou waiting in the wings for that fight and the rumors between him and Jones wanting to fight each other, if Bone Jones could get a contract done and move up to the heavyweight division, that would be a huge fight for the heavyweight title. So again, it does look like Ngannou is going to get the next shot either way. If Stipe wins the fight with Cormier, it'll definitely be Stipe versus Ngannou. If Cormier wins the fight, you could still justify Stipe versus Ngannou anyway, or have John Jones move up to heavyweight to face Ngannou for the vacant heavyweight belt. Looking at the rest of the card for this coming Saturday, there is one other very interesting fight, and that is the up-and-coming Sean O'Malley taking on Chito Vera. Sean O'Malley, or Sugar Sean as he's known as by many, is a 25-year-old emerging star in the UFC. He's undefeated still. He's 12-0. Eight of those 12 wins have come by knockout, and seven of those eight have been in the first round. So yeah, very electric, very exciting fighter. A lot of people think he's one of the future stars of the UFC, but this fight's going to be interesting for him. He's taking a big step up here from his previous opponents to go fight Cheeto. It will definitely be O'Malley's biggest test so far with Cheeto being a very experienced fighter, a good grappler with very strong jiu-jitsu. That's going to be a different look than the rest of the fighters that O'Malley has beaten to this point. So yeah, it's a big opportunity for Sugar Sean. It would be a nice statement win for him early in his career, and I personally think he will get it. I think he will win this fight and take a nice little jump up in the rankings. So then the question becomes, what's next for the fan favorite Sugar Sean? Who would be next up if he were to be able to successfully beat Chito Vera. Sugar Sean has recently been trash talking back and forth with Cody Garbrandt. I don't think that's a likely fight to actually happen though. Now with Garbrandt having booked a flyweight championship fight with Devison Figueredo. So with that fight booked and Garbrandt scheduled to move down, I don't see a fight between Garbrandt and O'Malley happening anytime soon. The other person O'Malley's been trash talking with is Henry Cejudo, who of course is retired right now, but between Twitter and the other trash talking type stuff, Cejudo is retired, but he hasn't really gone away. He seems to be still trash talking with everybody and looking to make a return somewhere. I don't think it's very likely that his return would be against somebody like O'Malley and up and comer I just don't think it's time for something like that in this scenario which leads me to my interesting prediction of where O'Malley would go next if he were to beat Chito Vera 
and that is TJ Dillashaw, which might sound a little crazy at first thought, but Dillashaw right now is currently serving a suspension, and he is eligible to return this coming January, so timeline-wise, it kind of lines up, and though Dillashaw is going to either want to fight for a title or fight a high title contender when he does return, Dana White may choose to give him a little bit more of a punishment, and instead of giving him a top contender or a champion, give him an up-and-comer like a Sean O'Malley. So to me, this matchup would make some sense. It would give O'Malley another chance to jump the rankings again. If you were to beat Chito Vera, then you get a shot at an even bigger name in TJ Dillashaw. And it would be a little bit of a punishment for Dillashaw coming off of that suspension to have to face an up-and-comer instead of an established fighter. Now again, there's no word of this yet. That's just my personal prediction. Sounds a little bit crazy, but when you really think about it, it kind of makes sense with where everybody stands right now okay now let's move forward to next saturday which is august 22nd where the main event will be frankie edgar against pedro munoz uh frankie edgar of course is a legend in his own right feels as though he's kind of at the back end of his career now he has lost three of his last four fights he's 38 years old now so it doesn't look like he's at the top of his game any longer but he wants to keep going he wants to prove that he can keep going and if he can beat Munoz here he would do exactly that but it definitely won't be easy Munoz is a very solid fighter he is extremely confident going into this one he thinks he can take care of Frankie Edgar I think Frankie Edgar will look to take this fight the distance like he does with a lot of fights 18 of his 30 fights in his career have gone the distance and I think if he is able to take it the full five rounds I think Frankie Edgar actually has a really good chance to win this fight and maybe go on one last little run before his career career does come to an end. So though Munoz is a pretty solid favorite in this fight, Edgar being the pretty far underdog, I do think that Frankie Edgar is going to find a way to take it the distance and outscore Munoz in this main event. Moving ahead now, we're going to September 19th in one of the biggest and most anticipated fights that are out there, and that is between the middleweight champion Israel Adesanya against one of the best contenders in that division in Paulo Costa. Okay, so first things first, these two hate each other. They've been feuding for a very long time, going back and forth, and I don't think this is one of those created rivalries that feel like happens sometimes. I think these two genuinely do not like each other at all. I think no matter how this fight goes down, they're not going to be handshaking and hugging after this fight. I think there's some real, true bad blood between these two. And because of that, and the fact that these are two really, really good fighters, this should be a very exciting fight. Now, both of these fighters, both Izzy and Costa are both undefeated. The champ, Izzy, is 19-0 with 14 knockouts, while the challenger, Costa, is 13-0 with 11 knockouts. So yeah, obviously something's got to give here. One of these two fighters will be getting the first loss on their resume. This will be the toughest fight to date for both Adesanya and Costa. And though they are both scoring a lot of knockouts on their resume, they have very different styles in doing so. Adesanya with the long reach, with the great boxing, kickboxing style. He's a tactician. He scores a ton of points. He's extremely efficient with his striking. While Costa, on the other hand, is a very aggressive style fighter. He likes to come forward. He's relentless in his pursuit. And again, he has won 
11 of his 13 fights by knockout. I think one interesting thing to look at here is the distance factor and this being a five round title fight. Adesanya has gone the five round distance three times in his career while Costa not only has he never gone five rounds but he's never gone four rounds either. In fact his longest fight was three rounds which has only been once in his 13 fights. So again being the knockout artist he is he usually scores them early and I really don't see that happening in this fight. So it's going to be interesting to see Costa's conditioning just because we haven't seen it in a fight before. If this fight does go to the third, fourth, fifth rounds, how is he going to look in comparison to Adesanya who we've seen do it before and he always looks great in the late rounds. That's not an issue for his game. But however this one plays out, whether it is an early knockout one way or the other or it happens to go the five round distance, I think that this should be an extremely excited fight. One that I'm definitely looking forward to. If I had to make a prediction now, I would be going with the current champion Israel Adesanya to successfully defend his belt over Paulo Costa. And speaking of extremely exciting title fights, let's move ahead one month and that is to October 24th where we get to see the undefeated champion Khabib Nurmagomedov face off against the extremely dangerous Justin Gaethje. This is a very interesting fight here with two extremely different styles between Khabib and Gaethje. Khabib is the ultimate tactician. He is an undefeated 28-0 for a reason. Not only has he won every fight in his career, but he's actually never even lost a round on the scorecards in his entire career. He has overpowered and dominated every fighter he's fought to this point. 28 wins, no losses, 8 knockouts, 10 submission, 10 unanimous decisions. So yeah, obviously an extremely well-rounded fighter. He can beat you in a lot of ways. And in every fight he's had to this point, he has just imposed his will on his opponent and completely dominated. He just has this way of making really good fighters look like amateurs, to be completely honest. So will it be the same story here? Or will Justin Gaethje be able to turn the tables and finally do to Khabib, which nobody has been able to do? before. Look, Gaethje is the real deal and he is at the top of his game right now. He seems to have improved in every fight recently. He's 22-2 and overall with 19 of his 22 wins coming by knockout. So yeah, obviously he has some incredible knockout power. And though his conditioning may have been in question before his last fight with Tony Ferguson, I think there he proved that he definitely does have the conditioning to go for a five-round fight. He still has never completed a five-round fight, but came extremely close in that Ferguson fight. There was only about a minute left in the fight when it got stopped and Gaethje won by the TKO over Ferguson. So I think in that fight, especially against someone like Ferguson, who seems to have an unlimited gas tank, Gaethje kept up with him all the way through into the fifth round. And I think he showed that he does have the conditioning to go the distance if he has to. We already know that conditioning is never an issue whatsoever for Khabib. I said that Ferguson has an unlimited gas tank. Well, so does Khabib, probably even more so he never stops he just keeps going he could probably go 15 rounds if he really had to and Khabib is a guy that doesn't necessarily look for the knockout doesn't necessarily look for the submission he's perfectly fine with a fight going the distance as I said before he's never actually lost a round on the scorecard so he's extremely confident in his own ability to win by points if it needs to be won that way but scoring eight knockouts and 10 submissions he definitely has the ability to finish a fight too he's an opportunistic fighter. He's going to win in whatever way he sees the opening for. I don't think he necessarily comes in with a full game plan of like, I have to knock this guy out or let's try to win by points. He's going to feel the fight out as it goes and decide his 
best path to victory as it plays out. While Gaethje, on the other hand, is going to be looking for the knockout. That's what he does with 19 of his 22 victories coming by KO or TKO. And in my opinion, I think that is going to be the only way that Gaethje has any chance of actually winning this fight. He can't let Khabib impose his will on him like Khabib has done to every other fighter. Gaethje's going to have to be aggressive. He's going to have to use his knockout power and try to score that knockout on Khabib. Because if this fight does go the distance, I don't see any way that Khabib doesn't win the fight. So yeah, this is a very interesting fight. Two completely different styles of fighters going at it. Both of them at the top of their game right now. This should be a very exciting one. If I had to make a pick, I'm definitely going to be taking Khabib to defend his title again and move to 29-0 all time. Needless to say, 29-0 would be incredible. I mean, 28-0 is already incredible. Khabib is attempting to be the only fighter in UFC history to complete a career as an undefeated, undisputed champion. And Khabib's manager has recently said that 30 fights is going to most likely be it for Khabib. So this being fight 29, if he were to win and become 29-0, what comes next for Khabib in potentially his final fight of his career? Dana White has actually already said that if Khabib is looking at 30-0 as a possibility and he has one more fight to go, that he would actually let Khabib pick his opponent for that fight and book it if it's possible to be booked. So there are a couple of options here. Now, Khabib has always said that his dream is to fight with GSP, Georges St. Pierre. He's been retired for a little while now, and a couple people have challenged him lately, and he's decided not to come out of retirement. I'm not sure if a fight like this would be attractive enough for him to come out of retirement. He is in his 40s now, and again, he has declined numerous challenges lately saying he's staying retired. We'll see if that's the case. If GSP does not come out of retirement to take a fight with a 29-0 Khabib, then who would Khabib pick after that? In my opinion, there's really only two choices. It is to give Conor McGregor his rematch or fight Tony Ferguson, which is a fight that has been booked a couple of times, fallen through a couple of times. It's been a much anticipated fight that just, for whatever reason, this, that, or the other thing always seems seems to get canceled, so maybe fight number 30 would be finally booking that fight with Tony Ferguson. Which leads me to my next scenario that I think would make a lot of sense right now, with Tony Ferguson coming off of a loss in his last fight against Justin Gaethje, and Conor McGregor not having had a main event in a long time. He did recently beat Cowboy Cerrone, but he's definitely looking to move up and fight a bigger name than that and get back in the main event. With neither Ferguson or Connor having another fight booked currently, I think now is the perfect time to book a mega fight between Tony Ferguson and Connor McGregor. This would be one of the biggest draws in UFC history. Maybe the biggest fight that you could actually book right now because of the giant fan bases of Connor McGregor and Tony Ferguson. Really, the only other name you can throw in that mix would be Jorge Masvidal, but Connor versus Ferguson would be an absolute mega fight. There have been rumors around Connor, like there's always rumors rumors around Connor about what his next fight is going to be. There's been chatterings that he's going to go back to boxing to fight either Manny Pacquiao or Floyd Mayweather, but if Connor decides that he wants to stick with the UFC, I think the perfect fight right now would be Connor McGregor and Tony Ferguson. It makes a ton of sense for everybody involved. It would be great for business for the UFC. Connor looking to step up after his Cowboy Cerrone victory, Ferguson coming off of a loss. Everybody involved, this fight to me makes perfect sense. And potentially, if this fight 
fight were to be booked and Khabib were to beat Gaethje, the winner of Ferguson Connor could potentially be that final 30th fight for Khabib. Again, this is all just a theory, but I think because of all the factors I mentioned, it just makes so much sense, perfect sense for McGregor and Ferguson to book a main event pay-per-view. That's my theory that I would love to see happen. But now let's bring it back to reality, and that's another fight on the card of October 24th, and that is Robert Whitaker against Jared Cannonier. In my opinion, whoever were to win this fight would get the winner of Adesanya against Costa. So the winner of Izzy Costa would take on the winner of this one for the next title shot. And just to get right to it, I think that is definitely going to be Robert Whitaker. He is on fire right now. He has won 10 of his last 11 fights. His only loss was actually to the current champ, Adesanya. So if he could score a victory here, he would get a second shot at the belt. Not only has Whitaker been fighting some of the top contenders lately, but he's been beating all of them. At least seven of his 10 wins recently have come against big contenders in this division. He's beaten all of them besides the current champ. And I think he is going to take care of business again here. I have Whitaker winning this fight and getting the winner of Izzy versus Costa for the next shot at the middleweight title. Okay, so we have one more event to get to, and that is the double main event for both flyweight titles in the men's and the women's divisions, and that is on November 21st. We'll start with the women's side, and that is Valentina Shevchenko, the current champ, against the challenger Jennifer Maya. Look, I'm not taking anything away from Maya. I just personally don't think she's good enough to beat someone of Shevchenko's caliber. Maya is a good fighter, but Shevchenko is not only one of the best female fighters in the world right now, but one of the best female fighters of all time. She has beaten just about every big name that she can beat in the women's division, besides Amanda Nunes, who has actually beaten her twice. But besides Nunez, Shevchenko has put on pretty much a clinic against everybody that she fights. She's one of the best strikers in the world extremely technical, very versatile, very good, and I think she's going to be way too much for Maya to handle, and I think Shevchenko will fairly easily defend her title here. So jumping over to the other side in the male flyweight, we have current champ Devison Figueredo facing Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt will be making his first appearance in this division, moving down a weight class to get this title opportunity. In all honesty, in this division, there aren't a bunch of good contenders. It's a relatively weak division compared to some of the other divisions. So I think it's a good move for Cody to move down and get an immediate title shot against Figueredo. Figueredo is 19-1 with 9K and seven submissions. Very good fighter, but a generally, in my opinion, untested fighter. Look, 19-1 and one is good no matter what, but I'm just unsure about the level of competition that he's really beaten to this point. And now he gets an opportunity to face a good fighter in Cody Garbrandt, who has a very good resume, but at the division above, he will this time drop down the weight class. And that's always an interesting thing to see, right? He's not at his usual comfortable fighting It'll be interesting to see how that affects him. A lot of times, guys with a lot of knockout power like Cody, when they move down the weight class, they don't bring all of that power with them. But we'll see how that plays out with Cody. Cody is currently coming off of a win, but before that win, he was knocked out three times in a row, once against Pedro Munoz and twice against TJ Dillashaw. But remember, TJ Dillashaw is currently suspended right now for cheating. So if Dillashaw was not cheating, we have no idea how those two fights 
fights would have played out. Before those two Dillashaw fights, Cody actually came into his first fight with Dillashaw as an undefeated fighter. Again, he got knocked out twice by Dillashaw, then once by Munoz, but he bounced back with a win. So yeah, interesting fight here between Figueredo and Garbrandt. A lot of question marks, a lot of unknowns, a lot of gray area. I'm excited to see how this one plays out. If I had to make an early prediction on this fight, I'm actually going to go with Cody Garbrandt dropping down the weight class and taking over the flyweight title over Devison Figueredo. All right, well, that just about does it for us here. Those are all of the big fights currently that are booked in the UFC through at least November 21st. As more big fights pop up, we will continue to break them down, continue to give you our picks on them. To be sure you're always up to date with our news, with our picks, make sure you follow us on Twitter. That's at Adam Hulse Sports on Twitter. Make sure you check us out there. And for the podcast, we will definitely be back again next week with another episode. Starting next week, we will be getting into our NFL preview episodes. Our NFL preview is going to be multiple episodes spread out across multiple weeks leading up to the NFL season, which is not much more than a month away at this point. We are extremely excited for the NFL, extremely excited to get into those episodes, previewing and breaking down the upcoming NFL season. We hope you come back next week to check that out with us. Again, this has been Adam Hulse. Thanks for listening.